Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Ali Moreno and Stevie Nicol. Argentina are going to the World Cup final after defeating Croatia by three goals to nil. After all the excitement that we saw in the quarters, this is actually pretty straightforward. The big game-changing moment, a penalty that was awarded for the goalkeeper challenge on Alvarez. Messi then converting it, then a great individual goal from Alvarez. Five minutes later, would make it 2-0. But it's the assist from Messi, isn't it, for that third? Third goal, the second for Alvarez that has gone viral. A brilliant piece of individual skill to set up the Manchester City striker as Argentina cruise past Croatia. Well, there for us was uh, Shaka Hislop. We also welcome as Frank LeBeouf as well. Um, I want to start with you, Stevie. This was all pretty simple in the end, wasn't it? Well, I think it was really simple in the end because Croatia in the final third just really didn't have anything to offer. You know, as far as football's concerned, Croatia probably played the better football. But again, football's about what you do when you've got the ball and it's about taking your chances when you create them. Obviously, sometimes you can get a little bit of luck that Alvarez got with his second one. Mm. But the truth is, Argentina made some chances and took them. And Croatia, well, up into the final third, after that, didn't know what to do. Once the penalty was scored, it felt that was obviously a big change. I'll take it about 15 minutes earlier. There's a shot of Lionel Messi bent over, sort of holding the back of his legs, stretching. And at that point, Argentina were very much in trouble because Croatia had most of the ball, no real reaction from Argentina. And I'm seeing Lionel Messi stretching his hamstring. I'm thinking, uh-oh. And I mean, uh-oh. If he's off the field, there's no chance. And so then I watch him for the next few minutes, and he's not really moving all that well. He's still holding his hamstring. Yeah, he's not really sprinting. He's walking around, slow jogs. I'm thinking, well, this guy doesn't seem like he is alive on the field right now. He's barely hanging on. And then the penalty happened. He steps up, takes a penalty, perfectly taken, and it's almost as if this guy who had been walking, slow jogging, there was a life that came from nowhere. From nowhere. He is, in, in my opinion, the best example in the modern history of the game, a player whose body language doesn't tell you what he's about to do. <laughs> because in every sequence today, you looked at him and said, is he even, is he even, is he out here? What is he? See, he's walking over there, he's walking over here, he's walking over here. And then whenever he felt like there was a moment in which he could impact the game by either being an outlet for Argentina or perhaps the guy that was able to create the chance or perhaps the guy that was going to finish the chance, all of a sudden, life, everywhere. He goes back to 10 years ago. That ability of Lionel Messi to turn it on and off in a game is amazing to me. I don't know how he does it. But when it mattered the most, he made the play of the tournament in that third goal. Shaka, it was always going to be about Lionel Messi, be it good or bad. It was very, very good today. It really was. I thought it was an outstanding performance from Lionel Messi in particular. Uh, Julian Alvarez, of course, played played his part. I, I thought he was also exceptional in a game that I, I, I think Argentina struggled in, in the early parts. Croatia controlled the ball, but never really testing Martinez, but kind of come to expect that from, from Croatia. Remember, they only had the one shot on target against Brazil. Um, 
So even though they controlled the ball, never really troubled Argentina. And you just felt that that first goal was, was going to be defining. Once the referee pointed to the spot and Lionel Messi did as, as, as he did, it, it, was, it was pretty comfortable from, from Argentina then on in. I, I think this game defined by that first goal and, in my opinion, a lot of question marks about that penalty. How cold are you, Shaq? <laughs> it's a little chilly here. I'm not going to lie to you. Somebody, somebody told us that we weren't going to wear the jacket. Yeah, yeah. he said, oh, I'll take the jacket off, don't worry, before we start. That isn't happening. Right, well, let's go. Shaq mentioned then, obviously, the penalty, a defining moment in the game. Frank, for you, was it a penalty? Uh, not for me, not for me, uh, um, because I think uh, uh, Alvarez has the ball away from him. He tries to shoot, then he goes into the goalkeeper, where the goalkeeper even put his hands down, we can see, and stop his, uh, his, his movement. So, of course, there will be contact, but the contact is not initiated by the goalkeeper, it's initiated by the, play, the striker who lost the ball. But, you know, I understand that in modern football and uh, people, I was with Adil Rami, uh, a, a former defender uh, for France, who said that for him it was a penalty. Well, you know, that's uh, open to, to, to debate. I think you're going to have to look at that goal again, Frank, <laughs> for the penalty. Because there is absolutely no question the goalkeeper's body goes towards Alvarez. I mean, it's not even close. And it is a penalty, and it's a penalty because the way the game's refereed today, it's a penalty. When I played, it wasn't a penalty. If you had the opportunity to get a shot off and then you got clattered, it wasn't regarded as a penalty. And, and I'm going to guess in the 90s when you were playing Frank, it was the same thing. The problem now is... The way the game's refereed, that's looked upon it's as a like penalty. It's defining kind of image. Yeah, there. There, there's no question that the goalkeeper's body goes towards Alvarez. And not only does he, does he catch him with his, his upper part of his body, he throws his right leg out as well. So, I'm sorry, Frankie, no. I think you're going to have to go and watch the replay again. Uh, goalkeeper's view? Yeah. Excuse me, I think, Stevie, you have to go so back I, to, uh, to also watch the video. But whatever, <laughs> let, let Shaka defend himself. If, defend his union. Sorry, Shaka. I, I, I'm, I'm with Frank on this one. I, I, I thought Livakovic got to a spot and held that spot. I, it, it was close, but I thought Livakovic just about held his spot. And then it was the momentum the of, of Alvarez that, 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 caused, that, that well, caused the collision. None of you two seen the replay. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the goalkeeper held his spot. Really? Um, Look I at the picture, Shaka. That's all you got. <laughs> Look, it tells you. Where's the goalie going there? Um, Ali. 100% a penalty. <laughs> 100% a penalty. Of course. Livakovic is leaning to the right and continues to lean to the right onto the path of Julian Alvarez. Julian Alvarez is now running past the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper gives him no space for him to go anywhere but to run into the goalkeeper at that point. But that contact is initiated by the fact that Livakovic is leaning to his right and sticking his leg out to his right. I think it's a penalty. Uh, Shaka? <laughs> Um, no. I, yeah, listen. I, I I I stand by I stand by what I said. And, and while I while I say I don't think it was a penalty, I was I, it didn't surprise me in the slightest to see the referee point to the spot. Um, listen, I, I think Croatia have every right to complain. There's been a lot of compl been 
complaining about referees whenever teams exit. You might Argentina complain about the referee when, when they won uh, against the Netherlands. <laughs> There was a challenge about about five minutes in on Argentina's right-hand side, uh, Croatia's left, right in front of the Croatia bench that the referee just didn't even bat an eyelid towards. And I, I thought um, I, I thought it was an awful challenge, deserving of a booking. The referee didn't blow his whistle, didn't come back to it. And I, I just thought, uh-oh, here we go again. Um, so then... On, on that, on, on the penalty shot, as I say, to see the referee kind of um, take that decision and point to the spot didn't, didn't surprise me. But I, I stand, by, stand by what I said. As, as a goalkeeper, I, I didn't think Levakovic did much wrong. I, I'm interested to ask both of you. So if that, if that happens on the halfway line where a player hits the ball past the defender and then gets clattered like that, is the referee going to give a foul or is he going to wave play on? Um, well, if, if, a, if, a, if a defender is standing on the halfway line in a spot and a striker runs at him, flicks the ball around him oh, and runs the into the defender, right. no, it's not a foul. No, well, but, but, I, but, but listen, that's what I've been saying actually, actually, if you're going with the spot argument, then you would be correct. I would suggest that it wouldn't be a foul either. Unfortunately, he wasn't on a spot. <laughs> I don't think maybe, anyone is going. I don't think anyone because, is going to change it. Maybe you didn't see the video right. Maybe I needed subtitles Lies on there. it. Uh, Frank, as a man who, who took a lot of penalties in your career, that was a bit special though, wasn't it, given the moment? That's the best penalty ever, I would say. That's a perfect one, you know, almost oh. top corner, impossible to the... Even Shaka Islop at his best to catch it. Uh, it's, uh, that was um, a mature... Uh, from a special person. I mean, uh, I really enjoyed that penalty. Like I enjoy overall, you know, what Argentina did. Um, you know, I can't believe that I saw, and I'm talking about Croatia, the same team was absolutely perfect defensively against Brazil, against Brazil. And being so bad, so poor today, and we're going to talk about the second goal, which is like yeah. a, a gift from Christmas, uh, before Christmas. And also on the third goal, because you have to see Lovren not helping his teammate, struggling with uh, the fantastic Messi. So, Let, yeah, great day for Mr. Messi, because Mr. Messi is Mr. Messi. Uh, let's talk about, shall we, the, the, the second goal, because when you saw it first time, you're like, wow, mm -hmm. this is one of the best goals that we've ever seen in the World uh, Cup. No. And then you look at the replays, and, and no. just the defending <laughs> is so bad, Frank. And as you say, they were so good against Brazil. Why such a stark difference? I don't know. You should ask them, you know. I don't know what happened to their heads where they were all working together compensating, you know, covering each other. And that Alvarez goal, you have two mistakes from two good players, very good players. But one is not, I don't know, going the good way. The second one tried to kick the ball, misses it. Well, I guess uh, Souza is a left-footed, left but still incomprehensible at that level. I mean, that's a real gift. That's crazy. That's two big mistakes in the semi-final of a World Cup. And uh, in front of Alvarez, who is on fire right now, uh, uh, well, you pay the price. It's a gift that goes all, can, the way back to the f all the way back to the fact that this was a free kick, a set piece for yeah. 
Croatia in the attack when they were starting kind of sort of to get back in the game they had absorbed that first punch from the penalty kick and then okay all right let's see if we can keep possession of the ball let's see if we can go on the attack and have they do they they actually have a set piece from their own set piece Julian Alvarez just continues to run nobody steps to him by the hand, by the time they step to him is a the best example of the touch and tackle 2.0 version from Julian Alvarez that he is fortunate on the first one he's fortunate on the second one but there's nothing fortunate about the finish while he was out of control and a touch and tackle time and time again when it came to finish it was actually very classy from Julian Alvarez the class that he did not show in the first uh, attempt for the penalty kick he showed in this finish Classic, no problem, 2-0, and it's a run that had happened for 60 yards. Give credit to Julian Alvarez. The defending from Croatia was bad throughout the course of the match. I, th I think, unfortunately, you have to look at Lovren on both goals. Right. You know, and, and again, Lovren, through no fault of his own, is probably three years, maybe more, past his best. And particularly on the first goal, when he plays on Alvarez by... I'm going to say 10, it might even have been 15. That's a classic case of a defender who knows he's done for pace, who drops off and nobody else does. Right. And then the second one, he's obviously thinking about the first one and his composure's gone and he has a swipe at it and misses. So again, unfortunately for Lovren, as I said, he's past his best. And when you pass your best, those things happen. 3-0, uh, of course, would be a bit special. What an assist from Messi. What was it like in real life, Shaq? Um, it, it really was incredible to watch as, as it happened. That's the side of the stadium that I was on, so I got a really good view of that. It, and it, he, he makes those moves look so easy, is, is, is the thing with Lionel Messi. I, as I say, so I'm, I'm kind of above him almost. And you, you see the jink, you see how he kind of goes back, as though he's, he's going to go back outside and, and is a little bit disinterested. And then that little change of feet that that dip of the shoulder and that acceleration uh, it was, was simply special um it, it really it, it came at a time that things were really comfortable for for argentina the the, the game was done and, and you felt croatia had 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 all but 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 given up and that really was the icing on the cake it, it was it was re i had a, i can't see now i had a really good seat to to, to look at that and it, it made it all the more special it was the full use of all the resources available to Lionel Messi at this point in his career. The first touch away from <laughs> pressure. Turns Vardiol. Now, in a moment in which he turns Vardiol, he's going to run away from him, but realizes that at this point in his career, I can't quite run away the manner in which I did in the past. So now, I have to go with another dip of the shoulder, and I have to turn him again, and I'm going to slow him down so that then I can change space with a little hesitation. Slow him down so that then I can create separation once again. And that little last burst that we saw from Lionel Messi, going back to the 19th minute, when I told you the guy was holding his hamstring, <laughs> after halftime, when he seemed to be holding his hamstring again, I did not see this change of pace left in this man's game. And it was the hesitation, dip of the shoulder, turn away, and more importantly, he gets to a position where now you have to deliver a cross and a pass with the right pace, and he does so to Julian Alvarez. And he go, here you go, Julian, make yourself famous. Let's go win this thing. Well, how do you defend that? I'm going to stick up for Valdiol a little bit here. Right. Because when you put up against a guy like Messi, you can't afford any sort of flaw because he'll do you. 
But I feel for Valiol because he's got that that mask on his face. Right. And for anybody who's never played with a mask on their face, you you can't see right down in front of yourself. Right. It, it definitely blocks you, your view for things that are right down. And so that means that when you're defending Messi or anybody else, you need to be able to see the ball first and foremost. And so that makes it difficult. And as I said, when you're playing against a guy like Messi, you can't afford to give him a centimetre. And of course, he did. And then once he's in the box, you can't touch him. Yeah. So it's the, game, the game's over for Vardiol. The genius of the hesitation, though, to slow Vardiol down so that Vardiol thinks, well, he can't turn the corner on me anymore. That hesitation. And then Vardiol said, OK, I got him. No, you don't. Because the moment you slow down, he took off. Turn the corner and see you guys later. Frank, you were saying before he needed help. Yes, definitely. I think Lovren, Lovren made, made two mistakes. You know, when, he's, when Vesey is going towards the goal, first he should have gone there to help, you know, the, def the Croatian defender to cover uh, that player. Then Messi goes back, you know, shows his back to uh, the Croatian goal. So... Lovren decides to go in the middle of the, of the goal in case, you know, uh, Messi makes a cross. But Messi turns on, the, on, the, on his left, you know, and goes back to the goal. And then Lovren keeps on dropping where he has to go and block, you know, uh, that, that uh, uh, left side from his defender, but doesn't do it. And as Stevie mentioned, when Messi in that, is in that position, you can't touch him anymore because this... Uh, his body is, so, is quite small, so if you touch him, he's going to go on the floor. It's impossible for a big, tall guy to cope with that. You won't get the ball, you, and you, if you don't have somebody who helps you to block one space, you, 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 you're done. And it's what happened. And, uh, and because he was on his own, he couldn't cope with the situation. Shaq, I don't know if you've been to an Argentina game before, but it didn't feel like quite the same intensity that maybe we've seen in previous rounds. But I imagine uh, the fans obviously just as happy that Argentina make it through to the final. Yeah, um, so I've, I've seen a few teams play and a lot about Argentina and the fans today reminded me of of Brazil, Croatia, Brazil fans. Argentinian fans outnumbered the Croatians pretty much by, by the same proportion that, that you saw Brazil, Croatia, but the stadium is twice as big. The, the thing, Argentina's fans have been second best probably only to Morocco. What it felt like was, um, Whereas Moroccan, Moroccan fans are here to celebrate whatever, whatever happens, they are going to celebrate. There's, there's a bit of expectation, a bit more pressure on Argentina as there was in, in Brazil. And, and you kind of felt that with, with, with the fan base. And then the game was easy. Uh, well, when I say the game finished easy enough. So the, all the celebrating was done during the 90 minutes. So that kind of contrasted to what you saw from the last round uh, against the Dutch, where you know they're leading and then it goes to 2-2. Two -two. Um, when, the, when the game is finally won on, on penalty kicks, there is this explosion of emotion from, from the Argentine fans. There wasn't that today because, you know, once they, once they go one up, as, as I say, even though Croatia continued to control the ball, they never really threatened. So it just kind of held a steady level throughout, throughout the 90 minutes and, and didn't have that one kind of defining explosion as, as, as I phrased it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match 
with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Dr. Shaka Hislop, of course, sells himself very much as a, as a man of the people, man uh-huh. of the community, uh-huh. unless he has to talk to them. He got his producer to speak to fans after the game. <laughs> like, it was too, I don't want to say too easy, but I was expecting something much harder, and it wasn't so much harder, so I don't know what's going on. Croatia did nothing, really. The first 15 minutes, they, they had the ball, and that was it. Next Sunday, inshallah, we will be champions. Vamos, Argentina, sabe que yo te quiero. Vamos, 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 <laughs> Where were you when all that was going on, Shaka? I, I was I was holding the camera. <laughs> Shaka, have you seen anyone without a messy shirt when it comes to the Argentinian support? Hmm. Um, I I I don't think I have. I'll be honest. I saw one guy in a Maradona shirt, but I, I've I've not seen anybody who has a has a name on their shirt. Um, it's, it's messy or, or bust, I, I, I'll be honest. Every World Cup has a moment, right? And for Argentina, unless something dramatically special happens in the final, today's Messi's assist, that was the moment. Right. For Lionel Messi. We thought Neymar's moment was going to be obviously the equalizer. Yeah, well, uh, apparently that didn't quite work out. Yes. Today's moment for Messi. Leandro Paredes, who had come off the field already, runs all the way around the field from the bench to get to Messi. And he's holding him as if he's holding a piece of gold, as if he's holding a baby. Like, don't ever leave me, Lionel. We are depending on you. Don't ever leave. You are incredibly special to us, and we're going to take care of you for as long as we possibly can. That is the moment for Lionel Messi in this World Cup so far. And let me just go back to the penalty for a second. It's a change in technique again from Lionel Messi, and it's something that we have talked about time and time again. He had been doing the old slow run up, staring the goalkeeper down, and this one is like, I'm not staring anybody down, I'm sticking in the top corner. And it's pressure. It's pressure and somehow being able to deliver in a moment of pressure, which I think, again, 
goes to the greatness at this point of Lionel Messi. Was there anybody else other than me can, can, that wasn't sure that he was going to score? I, I, because I'll tell you what, when, when they flashed up, all the penalty kicks he's taken. Yeah, there was some red. There was a lot, of red, there was a lot of red in yeah, that. Yeah. And I've, I, and I've always been a little wary of, yes. of Messi taking yeah. penalties. Yeah, he's missed one already in this I, tournament, I, obviously. I, wasn't, I can tell you. I, I, you know, when Ronaldo takes a penalty, I don't even think about it. But I must admit, when Messi takes a penalty, I, I'm not so sure. Go on, Shaq. Yeah, and let, let me, well, first of all, on, on the penalty, and no question, it, it was an outstanding penalty. Yeah. I think the more amazing thing, as, as, as TV just touched on, is that Lionel Messi has already missed one in this tournament. And missing a, a penalty in a tournament such as this, I, I, I think causes nerves, or, or should cause nerves, and... and, and can can break many people, but Lionel Messi seemed to only get better after that miss. I, I think that's the amazing thing with 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 how the, with this penalty run that he's been on ever since he missed. And and just to disagree with Ali, I, I think the defining moment, the defining moment of this tournament, is Lionel Messi's pass for the opening goal against the Netherlands. Don't get me wrong. The third goal today was absolutely special. It was Messi-esque. But that pass for the opening goal is... I, I, I'm not sure I've seen a better pass in, in football ever, let alone at a stage like this. I like this. I like this, Frank. Which was the better assist? Uh, you know, tonight I've decided to follow Shaka. Well done, Frank. Well done, Frank. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I agree in the fact that that, that that assist that he made against the Netherlands was very special because it's like it never looks. We, we, we show a close up on him where he never looks on, the, on, the, on his right side, but he knows that the guy is there. That's absolutely crazy. It's what I liked about it that he already informed himself that the guy was about to do that, was already in position, and he will receive the ball. So everything was anticipated. That was absolutely fantastic. Today, and I agree with Ali, it's perfect because what he did, that he find the solution for himself to be able to give that assist uh, with his right foot. But it's just for me less spectacular, let's say. Uh, Stephen? I'm going with Ali. Mm, really? Hey, hey. Because... It's a very frank check against you. Yeah, well, because, you know, yeah. if, you, uh, if you're Valdiol yeah. and you're Croatian... You've got Messi exactly where you want him. Right. You've got him facing, a, facing the crowd, facing the touchline, away from the goal, and you've got your best defender. Arguably right. the, best, the best defender in the tournament. Arguably the best defender in the tournament. With giving him nothing. He's got nowhere to go. There's no way he should get out. Shouldn't happen. There's only one. Is, is there anybody else you can think of in football right now? Who could get from that position but could you, to where he's laying the ball back for the goal? The same argument. Is there anyone in football who could have made that assist against the Dutch in that manner? No, well, because I think there's a, I think there's a little piece of good fortune in the past when it went went through the the defender's legs. Right. Because I don't I'm not I don't believe he tried to put it through his legs. I I just think that from absolutely nothing he's created this goal.
Uh, this is what Messi then had to say uh, you've, about you've the, the result. You've got the tie-break, Dan. Hold on. You, you've oh. got the tie-break, Dan. Don't give him bad power. Shut Don't give him bad power. He has enough power as it is. Seriously. Uh, throughout the World Cup, it has been incredible what we've experienced. We are going to play the final, which is what we wanted. I don't know if it's my best World Cup. It's been a long time I've been enjoying. This team is crazy. We're going to play one more final. We're going to enjoy all of this. And you know, Shaka, you know what What's coming? You know what the world <laughs> wants to know. Will. <laughs> Come on. Sorry, sorry, Dan, I can't, I can't hear. I've lost all audio all of a sudden. How long I do you reckon what happened? Happened? How, I reckon? I reckon 2000, maybe 2012. How long have we doing this show? A long time. And it was early doors that you said, for you, Lionel Messi would never be the greatest of all time unless he won the World Cup. Didn't matter what he did at Barcelona and beyond. How much then does let, Sunday let me, change let, that? Let me just see. Let me just see. Let me just see. It started with me seeing, just generally, no, I'm not aiming this at Lionel Messi, that to, to be the considered the best of, of all time in any sport, you've got to win that sport's highest honor. That, that's how it started. And somehow it's rumbled into this to the point where <laughs> when I was holding the camera interviewing, interviewing fans, you had fans coming up to me. Telling me, oh, Shaka, we're 90 minutes away now. 90 minutes away from you changing your mind. <laughs> Shaka, is it, is, is it as simple as that? You said. Um, yeah, yes, it is. I, I, okay. I, I really believe it, it, it is. And, and um, to, 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 to that quote where, I, of course, as a player, you will say, he will say he's not sure that this is his best ever worker, but... I, I think, in my opinion, me looking in from the outside, without question, without question, I think this is this is the best tournament, best World Cup tournament he's played um, in, in an Argentina shoot. And if Argentina go on and, and complete this on the back of what we've seen, on the back of, of what we've witnessed in the knockout stage in, in particular, because I, 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 I don't think Argentina were that great in, in, in the group stages, but they've gotten better. And, and, and this performance against Croatia today was without, without any doubt in my mind, Argentina's best performance. And, and Lionel Messi was at the center of Lionel Messi. And I, I have to give Alvarez his credit. Lionel Messi was at the center of, of all that was good today. Let's not, forget, let's not forget that Shaka had picked Argentina initially. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then after losing I, to Saudi I stuck Arabia, with Argentina. he was <laughs> given the parachute. I stuck with Argentina. And he said, no more Argentina, no more Messi. No. Brazil, I love you. you all, and you now all, he's back on the Argentina bandwagon. No, Ali, no, Ali, you took that out of context. You took it out of context. That's what it is. Shaka, do you want them to do it? And then you'd never have to have this problem again. I. Whether they do it or not, I'm not going to, I, I don't have a problem. Just, just well, you don't have to, talk, you don't have, to have me going. Yeah. <laughs> that is done. Because we will. Uh, uh, Frank. Dan, Dan Frank, contrary, contrary to belief, I, I don't listen to you that often. <laughs> I, I really don't. Pardon? Uh, <laughs> Frank, you said you wanted Croatia in the final from a French perspective. Have you changed your mind? Well, I have to, <laughs> because it's not going to happen, but, uh, um, <laughs> but um, yes, I wanted to see a kind of a revenge and um, 
and uh, because I, what I saw against Brazil really impressed me and I think four years ago Croatia was the best team in the world and they lost in final against uh, uh, France but what they showed during the tournament and especially when they play against Argentina in the group stages they were absolutely fantastic so um, I, I feel sad for them uh, I, uh, and uh, and uh, I think they missed the chance and uh, especially I think about Modric it's sad but it's what it is and when you see what you see from Argentina it's so only you know something that it, uh, Argentina deserves is to be in the final so we'll never see Modric in the final it's maybe the last time we see him with the national team shirt uh, he had a great campaign but it is what it is so France will have to play against Argentina I remember that France beat Argentina in 2018 in the well, France last beat 16. Morocco, have they? Oh. Eh? <laughs> France yeah, France has to beat Morocco as well. Be, of course, of course. No, but we, are, we, <laughs> no, we, were talking, we were talking, of course, if in case you know, France will be in final, that will be a revenge also for Argentina because they didn't, I think, appreciate the loss, the, the loss that they had against France in the last 16. But uh, Stevie is right, you know, we have a big game tomorrow. It's going to be mm. everything but easy. So let's see how it works already tomorrow to talk about the final before. Uh, let's talk about the final then, shall we? We'll talk about the semi-final in a moment. Just a reminder, the latest edition of the Gab and Jules podcast. Jules still recovering uh, from Shaka throwing off a big old... Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Big old Violent. <laughs> Violent behaviour. Uh, you can check out... Oh, I think Gab's cold as well. Oh. He's wearing lots of clothes. Uh, be sure to check out the latest edition of the podcast. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. Despite the fact Frank thinks that France are already in the final, they, of course, have to beat Morocco. It's been very much the surprise package of the World Cup so far. The first African team ever making it to the semi-final. And, of course, by association, they'll be the first team ever to go to the final. How's the feeling in France going into this tie, Frank? Well, um, you know, and I agree with that, you know, and as I just said, you know, it's going to be a very difficult game. Uh, France has to go very early in the game if they want to uh, uh, hope that uh, they will have a, a, a good win. As long as uh, France doesn't score and uh, as, um, 
as far we can go into the game, you know, uh, seeing Morocco drawing is going to become more difficult and more difficult for France to beat Morocco. The, the, the confidence will go in, you know, the hope of winning for Morocco will be going to get bigger and it's how the game is going to be almost impossible to play for, for, for France. Morocco defensively are absolutely outstanding. Now, it's possible that Saiz, uh, Roman Saiz, the former Wolverhampton player and the captain of Morocco won't play. Uh, will be, uh, that will be kind of a drama for them. But definitely, you know, um, France will have to find a way to score goal very quickly in order to make the game easier than it could be if they don't. Shaka, is it fair to say this will be a home game for Morocco? Uh, absolutely, it will. Listen, of, of any team in this tournament, I think the Moroccan fans have had the biggest biggest influence and impact on their own team. I, I saw Morocco against Spain, I saw them in, in their one nil win against Portugal, and, and make no mistake about it, the Moroccan fans do make a difference, uh, more so than, than anybody else in, in, in this tournament. Morocco are very stern, very disciplined defensively. They, 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 they don't panic, they... they not really bothered if, if you keep the ball and then when they win it they they run at you with pace and, and and give you a lot to to worry about so this is 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 by far a foregone conclusion um and and, and france can't afford can't afford to, to lose concentration on on either end of the pitch because if, if morocco take the lead i'm i'm not sure I, I'm not sure that they, 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 they come out at all and, and as, as they continue to show when they're determined not to be scored on uh, they give up very, very little. How do you see this one going, Ali? Well, I know Didier Deschamps is not going to do this. Oh. But if, if I were him, yes, please pay attention, Didier. This is a message for you. I would give the ball to Morocco. <laughs> right? I give the ball to Morocco and say, okay, all right. You have proven that you can defend very well. You have proven that you're comfortable sitting behind the ball and moving together and the fight and, and the energy with which they have played. Prove me or prove to me, to us, that you can actually come over here and create on your own. Not on counters, but create on your own. And because we don't think, or I wouldn't think, that they'll be good enough to do that, you're going to lose the ball in a bad area, and now I can utilize the speed in behind from Dembele. Now I can use, utilize the speed in behind from Mbappe. In transition, in a game of transition, France wins. In a game of transition, when they are in control, I think France have better athletes, have better players, have more talent, and therefore are going to find enough spaces. I don't know that France, because of the weight of history and who they are in the game, I don't think they're just going to give the ball to Morocco to begin with. That's what I would do. Not necessarily passive, but we're going to sit here, we're going to force you into mistakes in the middle of midfield, into areas that are crowded, and when we win it, we're going to go, and we're going to exploit the spaces that you're leaving behind. That would be my game plan. Nobody's going to listen to me. That doesn't sound very attractive on the eye, though. <laughs> but I don't care. I, I, I care about advancing. Hold on, hold on. What happens if Morocco goes, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no you have the ball. <laughs> no, you have. Well, where do we go? Where do we go? Yeah, but obviously, Morocco is going to have to play a part in this. <laughs> no, but this no, is no. the way no, I would set there. it up. My point you're is, I'm not, I'm not going to sit all the way back if I'm France. I'm just, hey, I'm just going to invite you. I'm just going to invite you here. I'm just going to lure you over here so that you give me some space so that then I can play in those moments of transition. And let's just assume that Morocco is going to do exactly what they have done up until this point. 
But then France is going to have to take shots from distance. You're going to have to have runs out of the midfield. You're going to have to have production from wide areas. All those things need to happen, and they need to happen at speed. The key for the game, in my opinion, for France is going to be everything that they do in the attack has to be done at speed. If you do it slowly, if you move the ball slowly, if the movement of the ball is slow, then Morocco will sit in behind and will be easier to defend. Uh, let's take a look then at everyone's uh, predictions, shall we? Going into the second semi-final, no surprise... France are the picks of everybody. In fact, only Jules has got Morocco scoring. Frank thinks this is going to be convincing. Oh, for He's oh. disagreed with Shaka for the first time today. Uh, Shaka is going for 2-0, which is the same as Ali and Stevie. Uh, we will, of course, be reflecting on that on the next edition uh, of the show. Be sure to join us. Uh, Shaka, do you want to go and warm up now? I think, I think you deserve it. Yeah, yes, thank you. <laughs> Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. One, one more thing. Is Messi... No, it's all right. It's all right. It's okay, Shaq. <laughs> so, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't hear that. I can't hear you. I've lost you again. I've lost you. Much appreciated. Uh, Shaq will be back tomorrow, of course. He's going to the game, and you can join us as we'll be reflecting on that second semi-final. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I tell you what, the World Cup ends, what, on Sunday? Not too long until La Liga kicks what? off December 29th. Oh. Sees the return of the Spanish League. Just to remind you, you can see every single game live on ESPN+. Now in Iran, women are banned from soccer stadiums, but some women dare to defy that, to take back their joy of the game. From 30 for 30 podcast, Pink Card tells that story. Be sure to check it out. Right then, Joe Rayner. Oh. <laughs> you were with us when it just broke, when we had the bearholder quotes talking about someone within the squad, which then we, we obviously, detectives that we were, yes. worked yes. out that it might have been Gio Reyna. Since then, Reyna's come out and said, yes, I was a bit of an idiot when I was told that I wouldn't be a big part of the, the World Cup. Um, I apologise. I thought we'd moved on. I also thought that everything within the locker room would stay there. Mm-hmm. What's your reaction been of what's transpired over the last 48 hours? Uh, it's amazing to me that any manager ahead of a World Cup would go to one of his key players in the attack and say to him, you're going to have a very limited role. 
I don't know how you manage to get the best out of your players if this is what you tell them. There are ways to handle this other than telling them, hey, your role in this team, very limited. How about, hey, let's see how the first game goes. You're going to be an important part to what we do coming off the bench. And then after that, we're going to make decisions. Continue to work, continue to uh, help us in, in training and prepare. And we're going to be ready. You're going to be ready. And I can count on you. I will count on you for you to make a difference whenever that opportunity comes. Why would you tell Dio Reina your role is going to be limited? How, how does that set anybody into a path of success? How does that set anybody into a path of confidence? How does that set anybody into a path of, I am part of this team? Now, Dio Reina himself admitted that his reaction had not been the best. And I, I, again, I was critical of that. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm also going to say, it's good that he's come out and said, yes. You know what? I was an idiot. But we handled it. And that's the part that I want to go next. It had been handled. The players had handled it. There was now a, an opportunity to move forward, and yet you have the manager going out there, going out of his way to then bring this back up, when all of this, the biggest sin here is that all of this needs to stay behind closed doors. The lack of transparency, the lack of respect for his own players, the lack of respect for the sanctity of the locker room, that's the part that I don't understand. Why would you do that? to a player in the national team. And it only tells me that he's not concerned about his future with the national team. Do you think he's done? Well, it would suggest that if you're willing to take this step and breach, this is a, this is a breach of trust, breach trust within the group, it's because you're no longer going to be part of that group. That, that would be my assumption. Whether you like it or not, Giorino's going to be around a lot longer in yeah. the US setup right. than the manager. I find it very difficult to believe that those, actual, those were the actual words that he said. Mm. I, can, I can understand... Behelter on Rainer Rowley doors, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't understand any manager. And, and even if you're, if you're a young manager... You still got to figure out if you're telling any player, never mind one of your better players, that you're not going to be playing much, you're going to lose them. I mean, that doesn't take a lot of working out. And I'm only going to guess here, but I'm going to figure out with Gio Reyna when he's taken aside by Berhalter, there's a conversation before he comes out with these words, and his kid's head's gone, and he stopped listening properly. Right. Because. I just, and I'm not saying Gio's making it out, I don't mean that at all, but when you've got young players and you're giving them bad news, you can see it in their eyes where they're, they're not quite taking everything in, and they're certainly probably not understanding what you're saying. So I'm going to suggest that's happened, because I find it impossible, as I said. The A manager, before a World Cup tournament, with arguably your best player, is going to turn around so and say that. The, the, it, it, it's, it's the, the question ludicrous. I have however it may have been filtered, however much the red mist just descended once he knew that it wasn't going to start, say, for example, against Wales, this all happened before a friendly match. Mm. Why say anything? Why even open that door? Why not let the friendly match take place and see what happens? Well, again, we don't know. Because, <laughs> because none of it makes any sense. Right. It doesn't make sense. 
I mean, again, it doesn't make sense because if you haven't decided whether Gio Reno is going to be part of your plans or not, then if he turns around and is friendly and scores a hat trick in the first 45 minutes, yeah. then all of a sudden you're going to go, you know what, maybe I need to rethink this. Mm, yeah. So it doesn't make any sense to say before the friendly. Yes. And again, it doesn't make any sense to say it before the, the, the day after, before the, the game against Wales. So there's so much of this, it makes no sense from a coaching point of view at all. None of it. But, and yet, if you go back to the very first game and the very first press conference post the Wales match, the conversation about Gio Reina took a weird turn. Yeah, And that whole idea of why was Gio Reyna not involved? Well, he was carrying an injury or there was some uh, uh, tightness or whatever yes. the, yeah. the term was used. Yeah. And then Gio Reyna on his own said, I'm good to go. Right. You knew right then and there that there was something here. There was something that had been mishandled, something that hadn't been communicated correctly and directly, something that was going to bubble and that was going to simmer. And eventually somebody was going to say something. It would have been in the best interest of everybody involved if this thing was kept between Greg Berhalter and Gio Reyna. And it was not. And once it comes out, it takes a whole life of its own. And now we're in a position where we can discuss it. And if indeed this is the sort of information that Greg Berhalter is giving Gio Reyna. And, and again, I cannot stress this enough. This is one of your best players. This is a guy who could potentially make a difference between you winning and losing, who could potentially make the difference between you advancing, not advancing, who could make a difference for you, which the United States does not have a lot of those players in the attack. This guy can be that player. And you tell him. But again, so why do you tell you don't? Why, why, that's what I'm it saying. No, none of it makes any sense. That's what I'm it. saying. It, it really doesn't. Uh, what... <laughs> uh, Frank, you've been listening patiently. Of course, we discussed your arena at length when you were here, uh, when the US were in the group stages. What do you make of this whole story? Well, um, the thing is, it's very hard to understand, you know, what happened because I'm with the guys, you know, if the, if Gio Reyna is one of the best strikers in the, in the, the U.S., why Greg Bellalter will uh, commit suicide in a way it, where he will, he won't get the best player. There is no reason. If you want to be successful, why don't you get the best player? So when did he tell him? Uh, you're not going to be part in, in, in too many games, in too, uh, in too many times, you know. I don't know. We don't know exactly when he said. But a coach has to, um, has to deal with all the players and make sure that everybody knows what he has to do. But I'm with the guys at the same time. You never know what's going to happen. You have a friendly game, you have a first game. He comes in, he scores three goals. Why did you tell him that? Where you maybe have a surprise and, and I have to use him. So I think, the, for me, the reason why he said that is because he's under big pressure, because we talked about that. Seb talked about it, Ali as well, and Stevie as well, that why, why, why Joe Arena doesn't play, why Joe Arena didn't play, you know? So he has to give an answer, so it's why he put everything out and say to the press what happened. I think that Greg Berhalter couldn't stand anymore Gio Reyna's behavior before the World Cup, and it's why he told him that. Maybe to have a reaction from him, from a 20-year-old young guy, but maybe say only that to have a, that reaction, and maybe see how he, he, he dealt with that. And the reaction of Reyna was to put kind of a mess inside the, the, the squad, 
according to what Greg Berhalter said. Uh, it's sad in a way because, I mean, if you have the best player, simply put him in the middle of the, in the, in the, in the, middle of the attack, make sure he, you know, he gives he score goals and you don't care about the behavior. But if he affects the rest of the squad, then you have a problem. Uh, Gio Reyna, of course, features for Borussia Dortmund, who are back in action in the new year. And you can see him live on ESPN+. Plus. He's got a bit more of a break in Germany. Uh, you take a look at the dates. It all starts January the 20th. And for Borussia Dortmund, it's January the 22nd as they take on Augsburg. The Carabao Cup is back uh, this week. Uh, you take look, some of the names. You've got uh, Newcastle against Bournemouth, United against Burnley. It's all about Manchester City, oh. isn't it, against Liverpool. Hello. December the 22nd. All of these games live on ESPN+. Now, what about this new tattoo that Richarlison has got? Have you seen this? <laughs> oh, no. There's Neymar. It's oh, a big picture of Neymar as well, isn't it? Okay. That's quite something. Okay. <laughs> Would you have uh, well, any teammates on the well, back? First of all, Richard Ronson has a tattoo of his own face on his back. Was that who it was, was it? In the middle of the back. And is it Ronaldo on the other it's side? It's Ronaldo on the left, and I think it's Richarlison, and then... Wow. Can we see that again, please? Oh. <laughs> because I was trying to work out who it was. Yeah, that's it's him. himself. Yes, himself. He has yes. a picture of himself uh, in the middle. Oh, there you oh, go. Well, uh, well. So, <laughs> if this is what we're working with, then... Then you, you can expect, yeah. We have bigger issues. Would you yeah. not have... A big tattoo of yourself in the middle, maybe oh, yeah. Craig on the right, oh, Kenny yes. Dalgleish on the left. Oh, I tell you, I need to put some weight on and get some more room to put more on. Well, well let's, let's, not, let's, not get, let's not get crazy. Let's not get crazy now. Let's not take rash decisions. Oh, sure. It's an interesting decision, isn't it, Frank? Oh, oh God. I have, a, I have a tattoo of Dan Thomas, but I won't yes. tell you where, the, where did I put it. Well, yes, yeah, oh, so well, considering yeah. your penchant for getting naked on Instagram, well, I'm surprised we haven't seen it. What? <laughs> uh, thank you very much to Frank, thanks to Ali, what? thanks to Stevie. We will be, of course, back tomorrow to reflect on Morocco against France. Be sure to stay tuned, though, as Extra Time is next. This is FC Extra Time brought to you by Globant. Hello and welcome into the studios. Ali with me as is Stevie and thank goodness Frank has clothes on. Hey! Uh, because if you follow him on Instagram and even if you don't, people will send you, a lot of people will send me the clip of you cycling Frank topless. Well, were you breaking down the France game? Looking ahead to tomorrow, what were you doing? I didn't spend too much time on it. What I was doing, I was yeah cycling because I need to work on my cardio. And you know we have the, our government is saying that you, we have to uh, save electricity. So I was right. uh, I was saying that I was creating electricity with my cycle with my bicycle, you know, apartment bicycle. And I was uh, helping the government. So I was in kind of teasing my government that that's what it is because they, and also the government say that we have to work turtleneck. And you know how much I love turtleneck, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> So therefore, I did it almost naked to see that because of what I was doing, I was warm and didn't need turtleneck. Right, beautiful. Thank you very much for that. I bet you wish you were on Instagram. It was a big joke after all then. It was <laughs> after, of course, Argentina were tuning up against the Netherlands, Stevie took the dog for a walk. Ah. Hence, the first question, 
did the dogs get a walk today? Not Steve? today, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yes, no, I decided that at 2-0 I wasn't right. going anywhere. And we had some snow, first proper snow that we've had here in Connecticut. How were you at clearing it up, Stevie, or was the old shoulder can't, used? Can't yeah. Do it, oh. Oh, yeah, the, the sling's back on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, very limited this oh, day. Oh, yes. Well, I was a bit stiff this morning. Yeah. You know. yeah. Uh. And we saw Eleanor, of course, give you a shepherd's pie. Uh, for your birthday, yes. and cakes in. Yes. Yeah. And how was that? Fantastic. Oh yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Did you even serve it on a plate, or did you just grab the whole thing and just go, all right? Here we no, go. no. <laughs> here we go. No, the pot was too hot. I had to uh, get oh, oh no. <laughs> Is the goat debate over now after that messy performance? Asking the panel, Ali. Why? It feels like this is a question that should go to Shaka. Uh, Shaka's freezing. <laughs> Shaka's <laughs> run away to the hotel. Let's see how the final goes. Oh, it, it, it matters that much? I don't know that it matters that much, but let's see how it goes. If, if he puts yet another performance like this, then I think uh, the discussion should be over. Why does it change in Because there is a World Cup final to be played. It's uh, yeah, but Whether he wins it, it or not. It's a major moment. Whether he wins it or not. Well, I just want to see the full picture before I commit. I want to see a full picture. Is that? I, I, I'm sorry. I just happened to think that Maradona was the best player okay. I've played. <laughs> and as good as, as good as Messi is, whether he wins the World Cup or not, I personally don't believe that... He overtakes Maradona. Dan, I thought I thought you were you, I thought you were suggesting Dan. that that the final didn't need to be played because Messi was already. The no, okay. no, not at all. I don't think it makes any difference. All right. In my eyes, it makes no difference to how good Messi is, was, whatever. Uh, I just think that Maradona was the best player that ever played. Frank hates this question. Go on, Frank. Mm. Now, the thing is, uh, I think the best of the best for me is uh, Pelé, but uh, that's my own, my, uh, own feeling. I want to know, because Shaka decided that in order to be the best of the best, Messi had to win the World Cup, correct? Is that correct, yes. what he said? Yes, yeah, that's correct. I, 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 I cannot agree with that, because if you are born like George Weah from Liberia, you have no chance to win a World Cup. Therefore, you cannot be the best of the best. That doesn't make any sense for me, you know? So even if I love Shaka, I cannot agree with that. Uh, Frank, has the move to PSG helped Messi in terms of fitness and strength compared to the last few years at Barca, where he had to carry a team on his own? Uh, that I don't know. What I know is that he needed the time to settle down and, uh, and now he feels better and I think in terms of how to get prepared and to, to, to be ready for a World Cup, I think Messi did everything he needed, he needed to do by himself, putting in his brain that he needed to work hard, you know, for the preseason, you know, uh, make a good gestion of his, uh, of his games with Paris Saint-Germain, giving his best to be ready for the World Cup. I think that guy is experienced enough to know exactly what he has to do. Uh, with or without uh, being held by Paris Saint-Germain, I don't know, but I think he, he, did, he did that by himself. Uh, for Frank, if France were to make it to the World Cup final, what would you tell your players before the game? Play to your strength or focus on stopping Messi at all costs? Well, you cannot play against Argentina and Messi without paying a big attention to, uh, to, uh, to that player. Um, but um, um, 
I would say that you have to get the aggressiveness that you need to, to get uh, in order to, 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 uh, to cope with that Argentinian team because they are very aggressive and uh, in, a, in, a, in, in a good way. I think you have to make sure that you take a big attention on Paredes to make sure he gets crazy and gets maybe a red card, which mm. uh, shouldn't be that difficult. And, um, and, uh, and let us as well, let the, the Argentinian team like Ali wants to do with Morocco, to make sure that you have spaces, uh, spaces behind the defense uh, to allow Mbappe and Dembele to get into that space and score goals. So you have to pay attention to Messi, that's for sure. You have to put somebody strong enough to try, to try to handle Messi. Any chance, Ali, this tournament run has given Pep the idea of running both Haaland and Alvarez out there together for City? Well, I don't see why you wouldn't. Uh, but it would be a different role for Julian Alvarez than it is for Argentina. He is the runner indeed for Argentina because, well, well documented that Messi is not going to do that running. He's going to do the thinking and the processing of information with the ball on his feet, whereas Julian Alvarez is a guy that is going to provide you the speed. In the case of Erling Haaland, you know that he's going to cover most of the central areas. And so for Julian Alvarez, it becomes more of a guy that is coming from the outside or is running off of uh, Erling Haaland. It's a, I think it would be a different role. However, I do think that the speed of Julian Alvarez and the fact that he's always on the move, he, the level of activity is very high, could be useful to Erling Haaland and attract attention away from Erling Haaland and create more spaces for all those other playmakers that they have in Manchester City. Stevie. Does Valdiol's transfer value drop after getting spanked by Messi that badly? No, not at all. You were saying the mask, yeah, is, is, is a difficult thing because you can't see everything. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's your, your peripheral is, is affected when you wear a mask. Right. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things, regardless of who your, your, your opponent is, it's, it's to keep your eye on the ball. You need to know where the ball is all the time. Right. And so when it's difficult to see it, it's difficult to figure out and make decisions on, you know, where you're going to go, where you're going to try and take your, your, your attacker. So there, there is a, a problem where... But he was fine mind. against Brazil, wasn't he? Listen, everybody, there's not one of us who's not made mistakes. Certainly defenders, I'm sure Frank, same as me. You make mistakes. Right. No matter how good you are, everybody makes mistakes and you lose some goals. Now, if you're lucky, you can argue that it's not particularly a mistake when you're playing against a guy like Messi. He's just that good. Right. Frank, you ever wore a mask? Never, never, you know. <laughs> no, no. Maybe in a party, you know, sometimes, yes. you know, on Saturday oh, night, yeah. you know, but not aye, on aye. the football field. <laughs> no, uh, I had, it's funny because that's very modern in a way that I had my nose broken four times, I had problem fractures around my eyes, but nobody said, you know, Frank, you know, wear a mask, you know, it will look good. No, 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 never. <laughs> Shot it and got on with it. What did you have yours for? No, I, I, I practiced it. A couple, of the, a couple of players at the Revs, Charlie Joseph and I think Big Jeff, had the, one broke his nose and another one had got a bang in the cheekbone. Okay. And they, they to play, were told they had to wear a mask. Oh. So the day before, played a little five aside, and I thought, right, I'll have a go and see, just, just to, yeah, just to see. Oh my goodness! I'll tell you what, it's awful. Oh, it's awful. So did you have the mask and then the glasses on top of the mask? <laughs> <laughs> I actually had the glasses inside the mask. <laughs> 
That may be why you were having a problem. I did as well. I did as well. Ali, what did you do to yourself to get a mask? Uh, broke my nose twice. Ah. Yes. And I actually broke my nose, was wearing the mask, and then somebody elbowed me. So the mask was wasted time. Well, you know, I had a broken nose, right? I'm wearing the mask. Yes. Somebody, the goalkeeper comes out or elbows me or something, and now it absorbed the hit, but it moved. So like it hit the, the, basically the nose of the mask. So then that, that moved the whole mask, broke the nose again. That was wonderful. It's oh. a good time. It's a really good day. Did you score the mask on? Huh? Did you score at all? No, the mask? because you know, the peripheral vision. That <laughs> the, was, peripheral the peripheral vision was a problem. I couldn't see here, here. <laughs> How did it affect your diving? Oh, no, no, no. That's, no, that was all right. That's, that's a natural That's ingrained. Trait. <laughs> a question for Frank. On your visit to the ESPN FC studios, did you find out who is the producer's Shushu? Mm. Of course, you taught us that Shushu is kind of the teacher's pet, as Griezmann is uh, with Deschamps. Uh, we, we have a couple of producers, you know. Oh. Do I hear you? Yes, we have a couple of producers, so um, I would say that um, I think Shaka is kind of the shushu of everybody. Uh, I think feel so. that, you know, don't you feel that, guys? You know, that is loved <laughs> he by cold everybody. Today, didn't he? he looked cold uh, and yeah. fed up. Yeah. yeah. He, he, yeah. No, he wasn't I, nearly as playful as he was the last couple of days riding camels and, and, and knocking <laughs> jewels from the mountain or no, whatever else. Yeah, he looked The no. sand dunes. Yes, but it like, didn't, he, he wasn't very happy today. No. The cold, he hates the cold. Right. Yeah. And that jacket. But I have to say, guys. <laughs> yeah. Flimsy. Uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm the shushu of everybody, especially Louise. I think she loved uh, me. Okay. okay. Right. All right then. There <laughs> we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe not after that video. Uh, guys, with the rumors of illness in the France squad potentially affecting tomorrow's lineup, did you ever play sick? Or have the flu during a match and just push yourself through? I bet you all played ill, uh, didn't you? I bet you've all played ill under the. Yeah. Hi. Just not just everything snotters, coming out. Not oh. the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there was a there was a level where you could. What was the level? What was? How did you know that this is actually? I'm not going to be able to play. I imagine. Well, I I always remember the day before a game running and feeling tired. Right. Just just a general run. Yes. And you just you just know. Right. And but who, make, that, who makes that, that call? You do. Right, you say to... Oh, yeah. And, and is that received okay? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. No, I, any... <laughs> I don't know what it's like today. I assume today they've got so many so many doctors and everything that yes. the doctors decide. Yeah. But when we played, you decided. Okay. Because all the responsibility was on you. Right. And so... I mean, Did you I, like that? No. Because it was all... Well, always, because it was it's exactly the... Well, I was, I think I was like 21 and we were playing, we were playing Manchester United in the semi-final um, of the FA Cup. Right. No, was it a League Cup? At, at Goodison. Okay, so it would have been, it would have been the FA and Cup. I had a, and venue. I had a, I had a, a, a problem with my ankle. Right. And rather than, rather than the medical staff saying anything, Ronnie Moran, Roy Evans and me got a taxi from the the, ho the Holiday Inn in Liverpool right. to Goodison. I got changed. This was like nine o'clock in the morning. Got changed and went went running. And to see how the ankle to was. To see how my ankle was. Right. And it was absolutely all on me. 
Wow. You, you decide whether you can play or not. That puts a lot of pressure on. Well, you're like... Because you don't want to be letting everyone down. No, exactly, and that's the thing. You're like, you know, you run, you go, well, I feel all right. And then right. you feel something, you go, well, if I say I'm all right... Yes. And then it's not... That. So every time, any decisions put on you, you, you had all the responsibility. At what age did you stop playing? No, did you continue playing when you weren't 100%? You, because there must have been a time no, where you had well, no knocks or nothing, but then as you get older, inevitably, you're going to have... Well, the thing is, when you get older, you start figuring out what you can and can't do better. Right. And so the decisions are straightforward. But you've actually learned... See, the process, again, is you're learning all the time. Sure. So from that experience to three years, four years later, if I was in the same position, I wouldn't have gone near Goodison Park. Yes. On the Friday, I would have went, I can't play. Yeah. But you just don't know. No, of course. Because, as I said, the older you get, the more you understand what you're capable of. That's capable yeah. of. Yeah. And what are you capable of now? And yeah. and then you and you kind of, you know, it's a. You also learn about your recovery. Yeah. Right. You also learn about how an injury that maybe used to take a week for you to come back from it, now it's a couple of weeks. And rushing it, it's only going to make it worse. And, and while you want to tell your buddy, no, oh, yeah, I'm ready to go. And then you go and do the first sprint and you go, no, I'm not. Right. And it's, it's hard to make the decision to tell your manager that you're not available because availability is a major skill. Of course. You, you, you have to be out there. And I think we all take pride at whatever levels we play, take pride in the fact that when the team was to be selected, you were available for selection. Now it's up to the manager to make that decision. But the fact that you take yourself out of the running, that hurts. That hurts at that hurts at 21 and it hurts at 31 and 41. It just hurts. Frank? Yeah, I agree with uh, with Ali. You know, uh, the 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 oldest the older you, you get, you know, the the more accurate you know of knowing if you can uh, if you can play the old game or not and you should rest or not. Uh, it happened to me that I played with, um, you know, a cold, uh, not a flu, but uh, still some fever and everything. But, um, you know, sometimes you feel good during the warm-up and you have an awful game. Sometimes you feel sick, you feel ill and, uh, and you have a fantastic game. And uh, straight after the game, you go under the shower and suddenly you feel so weak. You just want something is your bed and, uh, and, and falling asleep. Yeah, it can happen like that, and uh, we know that our body is ready to give the 90 minutes that the the the, the, the coach wants, and you cannot give more than that, and, uh, and then you have to rest a lot. But uh, yeah, it can happen many many times where you you take the risk of uh, going onto the field and uh, and do your best for the team. Shall I ask about the other end? No, probably best not. People won't be eating. Uh, that is it. Uh, ESPN FC is back on your screen. That's difficult to play that way, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what? what happened there? That's for another show. Uh, just a reminder, of course, it's Morocco against France. By this time tomorrow, we will know the lineup for this year's World Cup final. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 